Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Nerdy Misfits Podcast. In case you forgot, I'm Matt. And I'm Connor. And uh, last time we had quite the ramble session um, about the MCU, didn't we, Matt? We did. We went on. That was unexpected. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did not think that that's what we would be talking about. But today we thought that we'd uh, diverge away from the MCU and maybe we'll cover a little bit more superhero-esque content outside of the MCU. How's that sound, Matt? Sounds good to me. If it's good for you. Yeah, so I was thinking let's um, maybe we'll jump right into it. Let's talk about maybe some live action films. Um, Marvel, DC, doesn't I'm, have to be, just avoid MCU films. Yeah, stay away from the MCU. I mean, we can start with like the fan favorite from a lot of people when it comes to DC is always the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Yeah, I think the, the Nolan trilogy is definitely. The Nolan trilogy. I would say that, that if I was to pick probably a top movie, honestly, Maybe even top superhero movie, I'd probably would, as basic as it sounds, is probably to have the, like, the Dark Knight up there. That's fair. I mean, it is a great film, I mean, but I feel like with the Dark Knight, I feel like it wouldn't have had as much punch if they casted anyone else for the Joker. You think, like, Heath Ledger, Ledger, like, makes that film? I think he does. Like, honestly, like, personally, of that trilogy, I think Batman Begins is the strongest one. I would say from a, yeah, from a narrative perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Batman Begins is, is extremely well done. No, I 100% agree. I think even with, like, The Dark Knight Rises, I think it was good. I don't think it was... I think it was definitely the weakest of the trilogy. In my opinion, like, as a whole... I feel like, based on how well The Dark Knight was, that it was always... No matter what it was, it was gonna not... It wasn't gonna live up to... The hype. What what happened, yeah. I agree. For sure. Plus, you know, an Oscar for a superhero film. Yeah, you can't really beat that. That's... I mean, it's so hard, but you talk about now how there, wasn't it just recently at the Oscars they had all of the talk about how superhero, like, Spider-Man should have been nominated for a lot more things, and... Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Especially with the Oscars and stuff without going off too much topic. It's interesting, right? Because there's so much superhero content coming out, or has come out in the last few years, that a lot of people are like, well, they need to be up for more Oscars and stuff like that, and personally, I don't think it's that case. I think it's, it's good that the superhero films are there, but there's so many other films that are getting overshadowed by in terms the of superhero like popularity. films exactly yeah i think you can still be popular though and still be nominated for stuff like i do think people have an argument when it comes to like the cinematography or editing of something like doctor strange-esque style or like the obviously doctor strange was heavily involved in that spider-man movie but i can see the argument from both sides i definitely yeah. think you're right where the popular films the whole reason a lot of them aren't nominated for oscars is because they're overshadowing films that might be a lot better at those specific things. But in terms of budget and stuff, I feel like that's a hard case to make when it comes to some of the cinematography and the editing. But no, I agree. Maybe that's what, you know, makes the other movies more impressive is they don't have those budgets and they pull off amazing cinematography. Well, that's what I mean, right? Like there's certain films that didn't necessarily win Oscars, but were still up for it because they had a different style or a different approach, right? That wasn't the whole I'm owned by Disney or I'm partnership with Disney kind of thing like that, right? For sure. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that Matt does have a background in film. Yeah. Ed- so and from an educational standpoint. So fact. he's a little bit more elitist when it comes to I the academy. Say, I wouldn't say elitist. I I went to school for film. He has an appreciation for the art. For the art of film in both cinematography, sound design, production design, the whole shebang. I Anytime I watch a film, especially with a surreal film, it's super hard for me because I need to look at it from like three or four different point of views. Where it's like the casual fan just watching a movie, 
the film background version of me and then the hardcore comic book fan so anytime i'm watching one of those movies i'm like oh this is cool but part of me doesn't like it yeah. Matt's inner kind of elitist from all of his different <laughs> loves comes and becomes one massive monster it's terrifying <clears throat> but yeah feel like i should have mentioned that just so like when you you know if we ever talk about movies and matt feels like he's rambling. Nit- nitpicking or rambling yeah it's more because he definitely has a an eye for it unlike me i'm definitely casual scrum. extreme casual <laughs> when it comes to movie watching like i'm just like i either like it or i don't like it That's nothing, right? i can i mean i can definitely respect you know you when cinematography is done well i feel like you can definitely notice that even as a casual you can be like wow those camera angles or wow i've the like the no cuts in certain shots and stuff like you can definitely notice that stuff well so i mean like with cinematography for example it's it's either really well done or really bad because either cinematography is drawing you in, it's helping you tell the story, mm-hmm. and the cinematography can sometimes be done so uncomfortable that it adds to the story. Whether it be a shot is just stayed on someone for too long, or the camera starts to turn and you're really starting to question things, or it can be sometimes like really bad where the shots are out of focus. What do you feel about like the shaky cam that shows up a lot in superhero films? I mean, I think it adds to the aesthetic mostly. Like, especially if it's in, like, a big battle scene and stuff like that. I feel like it kinda... I feel like it could be overused. Yeah, no, I think it is definitely a cliche. Even with, like, outside of just superhero films, I think with action films too, like, that whole shaky cam. But the shaky cam sometimes, in my opinion, adds, like, a realistic effect. Because if the camera is just still the entire time and things are blowing up right next to it and everything's going crazy, and the camera's just standing the still... The intensity is lost. It takes It yeah. takes away from it, right? But especially some shots like that, even like handheld stuff, having that handheld shaky feel also adds to like the pressure of whatever's happening on screen, right? If our heroes are in peril and you have that camera shaking and you're moving alongside of it, you feel almost like a sense of like adrenaline or like almost like a, not a sense of uncomfortableness, but like something's not right and you feel rushed with it. So it kind of adds to the story subconsciously, but yeah. That's kind of my take. I don't know. Like this, it's it's a shake. It's very common, and I think it sometimes it is overused. But if it's used right, it doesn't feel overused. That's fair. That's fair. Back on topic. <laughs> Going back. <laughs> sorry, off sorry about that. Little, like mini film tangent. Um, <clears throat> for Marvel, what what would you what do you think's the best Marvel film? Like that's not M- that's MCU? not it's not MCU. Oh, I like honestly like. Personally, there's two films that come to mind. One is obviously Spider-Man 2, Love Doc Ock, great adaptation. Um, but personally, I'm very, this is very random, but the X-Men Days of Future Past film, but Days specifically the Rogue Cut. So it wasn't, I don't think I've ever seen the Rogue Cut. It wasn't theatrically released. It was a whole DVD thing. It was like the extended cut kind of thing. It added and about eight or so extra minutes, but it added Rogue into the film because she was cut out originally. Because oh, Rogue was obviously in the first X-Men trilogy. But she wasn't in the movie at all. So the Rogue cut added, like, whatever happened to Rogue? Why couldn't Rogue just help heal Wolverine or, like, take over for Kitty Pride's power and everything like that? Like, where was Rogue? She was, like, filling in blanks. Yeah, like, there wasn't really, like, anything. And there was a couple extra, like, added lines of dialogue, which I think really felt, like, added to the movie. But I think it was a good comeback coming from the original X-Men trilogy because of how bad The Last Stand was. And it was a great sequel to X-Men First Class, which was... Another great X-Men film. I mean, it was well done. First class was decent. Yeah, James McAvoy's a young Charles Xavier was It kind of made you feel like X-Men could be good films. Exactly. Could be good again. Because X-Men 1 and X-Men 2. Also I, enjoy, X-Men I enjoyed 1. X-Men 1 and yeah. X-Men 2. 
But X-Men The Last Stand was just, oh, shit don't show. you know who I am? Awful. I'm the Juggernaut. The worst. Like, it was not good. It was awful. No. Everything about it. Yeah, awful. Not, not good in the slightest. I mean, there was some, there's some strong X-Men movies and there's some terrible ones like X-Men Origins. Wolverine is just a bad movie. As a kid, I loved that movie though. Dude, the first half up until he gets his claws is good movie. And then it just goes downhill from there. Is that the first movie they used, like, CGI claws? I think so. I'm not entirely sure, but I know the CGI claws in that film is not Yeah, they don't good. look right. I think I remember being, like, they were so much, like, shinier looking. Yeah, and, like, 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 I mean, okay. I guess technically they're new also. But yeah, but still didn't fit They just that. didn't look the same from a visual standpoint yeah, from exactly. watching. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. X-Men Disney's Future Past Road Cut. Definitely my favorite. If you guys haven't seen it before, definitely check it out. Um, but not yeah, Daredevil? Fun. Not Daredevil. Hey, you know what? Okay, so fun fact. I kind of like Daredevil. Daredevil. I'm not going to lie. As a kid, when I watched Daredevil, I thought it was good. The director's cut, also good. Electra, garbage, except for the cool tattoo man. Don't know what character name it is. Don't know who he is in the comics. (laughs) Some of the scenes are cool in Electra. Yeah, but the whole like tattoos coming to life and stuff. I was like, this is cool, but But no. But the movie, no. The movie, no. No offense to Jennifer Garner. It's crazy to think that they they made an Electra film. Yeah, when you think of all the characters, which is like an indirect sequel because she was in Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, she so was I guess in Daredevil. That was the she died in Daredevil. She died, and then all of a sudden, you can't tell. Came back to life. We're putting air quotes up. She yeah, died. Yeah, air quotes. She died apparently. Spoiler Just alert. kidding. Uh, if it's a spoiler <laughs> alert, uh, it's that was 19 years ago. I'm pretty sure that film came out. I think Daredevil came out like 2003, 2005, maybe. <laughs> so, hey, as a kid, I liked it. But oh, I can also be because. Goes back to the 90s yeah, cartoon of Spider-Man. Like, yeah, this is great. The superhero films before the superhero films, you know? Yeah, I definitely... I would probably say Spider-Man 2 is definitely probably my favorite. I just feel like Doc Ock is such an iconic villain in Spider-Man lore. And to see him on the big, on the big screen and doing... Like, it just felt like so real, you know? And I thought... Overall, as a kid, you're just watching it. It's just epic. But when you rewatch it as an adult, still epic. It's 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 still epic. It really does hold up. Yeah, it's amazing. It does. And like, I remember seeing something recently because obviously, like, I didn't know much about what went into filming the movie, but all of the arms were like puppets. Yep. Crazy. It wasn't CGI anything Crazy. like that. And it was so good. Even the acting too. Like Tom McGuire. I know people hate on Tom McGuire, but like Tom McGuire was good in that film. The actor who played Doc Ott is tip of my tongue right now, um, but he did phenomenal as Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, wow. Hey, Doctor Ott. Yeah, Sorry, great, I'm thinking of like the new Spider-Man a, movie. He was a great Doctor, Doctor Strange. No, no, no. He great was great Doc in Ott. that Doctor Strange-esque movie, movie yeah. with Spider-Man. Yeah, Doctor Strange <laughs> 1.5 or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, no, no, 100%. Like, I think all around Spider-Man 2, great freaking film. But yeah, I would have to agree. The X-Men films growing up, like X-Men 1, X-Men 2 are definitely... They're up there. They're up there for like favorites. Uh, Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil. Well, actually, I still like Daredevil. It's but Daredevil I was gonna say, um, Deadpool one te- is not MCU, and I really, I don't know how you feel about Deadpool two because I know one of your. <laughs> one we'll of your get ca- into that. One of your characters is kind of in that movie. I don't know if you appreciated the way he was handled or not. I'm. I still thought it was entertaining, but. I thought the first movie was better, but I think what made Deadpool 1 so good was that no one ever thought it would happen. And that's what made it great. You know, like, there was that leaked um, scene, and everyone was like, 
uh, when? Hello? Like, when is this happening? Fan service at its finest, you know? And, yeah, I'm sure it, you know, leaked quotations. Yeah, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds definitely didn't wasn't the one or multiple people. <laughs> but I'm really happy that that film happened because I feel like it showed a different side of superhero films, right? Like, where it wasn't Disney- yeah, it wasn't Disney holding it. It wasn't like a PG film, and, and it, it was so like pure. Nice. It was so pure to the character. Exactly. Ron Reynolds is literally Deadpool. He, he embodies the character way too well. He loves it. No, first Deadpool film, fantastic. It was a great new style of comic book films that we haven't seen before. I think like the closest, darkest thing we've got to that was the Dark Knight trilogy. But this For was sure, like, like a the different like style. the grittiness, the yeah. grittiness, like no holding back. And kind that, of thing like that. I, that opened up Old Man Logan. Like exactly, the, yes. Like the the Logan film. The, I didn't even think about old, that, yeah. Yeah, for the Logan film, like, that could not happen, I don't think, if, if we didn't have the success of Deadpool. 100%. Which, w- Logan, phenomenal film. Uh, just, if you like it, try out the Old Man Logan comic series if you haven't read it before. Um, but don't expect it to be an adaptation of Logan or vice versa. Old Man Logan is a separate entity. Both are phenomenally done, though. Yeah, for sure. I think they got that, like, grittiest, grittiness, like, idea of Old Man Logan within the film. Like, yeah. Like, an homage, if you will, to the to the story. And it was a nice finale to the Wolverine character as a whole. Because that was, I think it came out in 2020, so that would have been, or 2019, one of those. Yeah, it was pre-COVID. Yeah, it was right before COVID. But it was a nice ending to Hugh Jackman's character as well, because he... It's almost depressing, really. It's kind of sad, actually, not going to lie, because he played wolverine for 20 years because the first x-men film came out in 2000 yeah so it was a nice ending <clears throat> kind of a nobody then too yeah hugh jackman was just this dude off broadway and became wolverine <laughs> one of the most popular characters and in... he got hate for it because obviously yeah. he's a jacked man that is an australian much taller like canadian and well. taller and taller yes because for some reason those hardcore fans which I am yeah, elitist, need, but not that far. You need a five-foot Wolverine. Yeah. This Wolverine is too tall. God, no, no. It's fine. He did phenomenal. And, and the look, he looked great. The look with the mutton chops and everything. Like, it, yeah. it was just great casting. Shout, out, shout out to Hugh Jackman. He did a, shout out to Hugh Jackman on this you episode. You know, freaking wonderful. Oh, we talked about Ryan Reynolds and We've Hugh already Jackman. talked about Ryan Reynolds Twice. as well. Two episodes, Two episodes in a row. We've talked about both of them. But yeah, Hugh Jackman was... It's, it's a shame we never got to see him play... In the cinematic, in the MCU, I know we, never we, know, I know we want to avoid we'll MCU, know, but, but yeah, it is a shame he will never be because it'll only be a cameo. Yeah, it's gonna be a cameo. It'll never be alternate universe. A full stuff. Hulk versus Wolverine fight, which would be epic. It's never gonna be. Could you imagine that'd be freaking intense. I would love to see just like the dry humor of Wolverine within like Going the, the, the true well the true comedy, like the almost too comedic Avengers. And yeah. just put, put like the dragon over Wolverine in there, or even like that's the other thing. Deadpool can't ever be there, but he would be hilarious. Oh, he'd be great. I think he'd be great if like Deadpool just became like the new cameo kind of character. He just like pops up occasionally, just like jumps on screen, narrating, being like these damn stupid heroes <laughs> just acting all stupid, making stupid decisions, then just casually walks off screen. Like it would just be priceless. I definitely think yeah to see that like duality of like the like Disney. Goody two shoes, too too many joke yeah. level Avengers, and those like darker. Just characters. like, could you imagine that conversation between like Steve Rogers and Wolverine? Steve's just telling Wolverine to like watch his language. 
kind of thing, and just like Hugh Jackman's just smoking and a Hugh cigar. Jackman's, well, it's like Wolverine's older than, than Captain America, and Captain America's used to being like one of the older characters, and it's like, I'm older than you. Soik. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, but anyways, outside of the MCU, definitely a lot of the X-Men films are enjoyable. great, enjoyable. Great. Um, only some big misses, though. Too. Some big misses. Like, even... It sucks because they wanted they tried to redo the Phoenix story again for X Men Phoenix uh, or Dark bomb. Phoenix. Yeah. And it just it just Why is that so hard? Again. Why do you think that's so hard? I don't know. I think it's a convoluted story and I think honestly it comes down to if you don't have the proper relationship between the actor and actress that plays Scott and Jean, I think it's just a hard miss. I feel like you need to it almost feels like you need to build up to it kind of the way the, the MCU built up to like Thanos. I don't think to that long of not, a story. Not like 20 but... plus movies, but you know what I mean? Like the first movie should already, like that should be the end goal. Yeah. That should already be the overarching. You can't just have it be. All of a sudden, by the way, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Like I it... feel like it needs to be progressed through about the old yeah. movies to really help it. I think they really not try feel to push as for- it, Not feel as forced, I yeah. guess, is the main thing. Well, even like with Phoenix, I think that came after apocalypse yeah and even apocalypse to throw that as your like third movie was kind of like pushing it as well because apocalypse is a huge x-men villain massive villain yeah so i think it just kind of sucks because there's had so much potential for like to finish off that prequel x-men trilogy strong right and there's like by the way here's apocalypse and followed by (laughs) the dark phoenix let's just do two giant stories iconic like stories ever but maybe i mean days of future past is an iconic story because they, they did even it well. did it in the end. They did it in the '90s cartoon as well, right? They, like you said, though, like the original theatrical release of it was Wolverine plugged in. Yeah, but like, it still worked for popular. Obviously, yeah. it was there because Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackman. like the cash cow for that franchise. Yeah. But I did. I saw that movie in theaters, and I enjoyed. I still enjoyed it, even the. Yeah, like outside of the road cut, it's still a great film. I think it was a nice like wrap up of the old trilogy to connect it to the prequel trilogy for sure yeah and i even like seeing that scene with like patrick stewart talking to like james mcavoy it just gives me goosebumps like yeah, it's just a sure. powerful scene right i have to say i, I agree moving on from <clears throat> the movies for a second i want to look into something that i feel dc in my opinion in let's say like the 2010s okay maybe maybe a little bit of the earlier 2000s there the late 2000s but during the 2010s, I would say something that DC was way ahead of Marvel in in terms of what I liked was their animated stuff. Okay, so see, I would I would ch- not challenge you that, but I would add to that where like DC even had it figured out by like the mid 90s because they had the Mask of the Phantasm, a theatrical. But release. you're also when you start to bring up the 90s, you're bringing in Spider Man, you're bringing in X Men. Oh, that is true, actually. That's those, the thing, yeah. right? Okay. So the classic Marvel... Like Let's those... go for movies, though, because those are TV shows, right? Right. Well, Young Justice. Young Justice, too, actually, yeah. That's that's still a modern... I mean, that's a TV show, right? But and, still like, it's... it got cancelled, then brought back then because brought of how back. good it was. Yeah. So... No, I definitely think with, like, animated, DC is definitely blowing Marvel out of the park. And I feel like... For the mid... Like, post-2000s like onward, I would say that DC is doing a much better job. Yeah. I feel like DC has... They stopped, obviously, because they were trying to catch up to Marvel in terms of their movies. And I feel like that's obviously due to the billions of dollars Marvel's Marvel's put into it. And DC was like, we can just do that in, like, four live-action movies. Yeah, I think Warner Brothers saw, like, holy, 
They're making a billion dollars off of Guardians of the Galaxy, and here we are sitting on Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Like, why aren't we doing enough? Why aren't we making a billion dollars on movies, right? Like, and I feel like obviously they forced it and they put aside what I felt like they were doing a lot better, but I'm assuming probably didn't make any money or not that much money at least. Um, Like, I think makes me think back to like the Red Hood. I don't know when that came out, but I think that may have been one of the first. One of the first few. Under the so Red it, Hood, I think it was called. It was one of the first ones that came out, one of the first ones I saw, and I just remember being, like, blown away. Because I remember watching The Batman. I don't know if you ever yeah, watched yeah. The Batman. With the weird, like, dreadlock Joker. Is that the one? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, The Batman. But that was a pretty good cartoon. That's fair. That was a solid cartoon. I remember watching, like, all of it. I remember watching it even when I was older to just kind of, like, see how they handle the characters. And I thought it was a really well done cartoon overall. But I mean, even like modern, like for Marvel, like I know we're saying that DC's love, but the Spectacular Spider-Man animated show, I don't know if you watched that one or not. That I've was watched like Drake Bell. The Drake Bell one, yeah. Yeah, he had a couple different It shows, had like, some solid ones. It also, I, honestly, I only cared for the episodes with Deadpool. I thought that they were a lot funnier. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was decent. And I mean, obviously you have Into the Spider-Verse that came out too, which... Yeah, like that, that's a whole separate... But that's, that's theatrical release. <laughs> that's completely different. But I feel like... I just liked the idea of like DC was doing stories that were recent. You know, yeah. in terms of like they started doing new even New 52 stories. Well, like the way DC did their animated movies is that they had all their like one-off... Uh, stories and then like 2013 right after new 52 started they came out the flashpoint movie and then all of their animated movies after that were pretty much connected so yeah it was like a, like it was like a clever way of connecting things because exactly they and used the they, flashpoint name for that they ended that i think literally like two years ago with the justice league dark movie they came out with they just they that was like the end of that continuity continuity of their animated movies but like even like a couple years ago, they did the Batman Hush storyline. They did the death of Superman. I know Batman Hush. Oh, that is such a good story, and it's so cool to see. But that's the thing. Everyone, this is why I think the DC. They this is what they did right, in my opinion, is as a big manga anime. Obviously, people they love their manga. They want to see it animated. I feel like that's the route DC took when they were doing that. They're like, hey, we're you. You can almost never do a storyline true justice or properly in live action. I agree. Like, think of Civil War. Great movie. Loved the movie. But it wasn't really Civil War no, in terms of... No, there's a lot of, of content that didn't even have access to. Well, and it's for, just right? too many actors and stuff and too many characters needed, right? But they could have done it. They could have had all those characters if they did it animated, right? I agree. And I think that that's the route DC took. They're like, hey... We're never going to be able to do this story justice or do this story live action. Let's do it animated and give the fans the story from an animated uh, medium. No, and I completely agree. And I think that's where DC has like the one up on Marvel in a sense. Because like outside of Into the Spider-Verse, I, Marvel hasn't really done... They've kind of stayed away from the animated unit, like story. So there is... Mid-2000s, they released about five or six animated films... There was like a Doctor Strange one. There was a Hulk versus one. Um, I'm trying to remember the, the other ones. I think there the was a... Marvel ones also, the problem is they very much treat their animated content as for kids. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Where the Batman, not Batman per se, but like the DC ones are like the we know that these were for the teenagers and the the fans of it. Yeah, the up teen, kind of the thing, for right? sure targeting like that teen or in like you know if you're like a manga or anime fan like that shonen age group. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like that that demographic. To be fair, there is. Like, there's not many good Marvel movies for animated outside of Spider-Verse, but there's one that I personally just enjoyed a lot growing up. It was a, uh, it was called The Next Avengers. It was an animated movie that, they had two animated movies called The Ultimate Avengers, and they had a sequel follow-up called The Next Avengers, which was, took place in the future of a world that, like, Ultron took over. Okay. So you're following these, like, this young Avengers team, essentially, but it's all the Avengers kids. So you're following this character um, named James, who is Black Widow and Cap's kid. You have... I think I heard of this. It's called Boruto Next Generation. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but you had, like, um, Hank Pym and um, Janet had a kid. You had a Black Panther. Oh, so and they had, like, just shipped everyone together and had a kid. Pretty much, yeah. Well, Thor had a daughter, too. Uh, and then, like, break out of this little dome who's getting run by this old man named Tony. Cough, cough. Mm, mm, who Iron could, Man. Who could that be? That's crazy, eh? But they, like, escape the bubble, and they find, like, this old, like, all these people living underground, and Hawkeye's son is part of the group kind of thing. Oh, so nice. it's, like, a it's a cute little, like, Young Avengers next generation kind of thing. Like, on its own, it's really good. Like, if you're, like, a like Marvel you, fan. Like, it's enjoyable. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which, in the end, is what's important, yeah, for sure. I think... It definitely was more targeted towards kids, but... I just Marvel, feel like so. there's so many good Marvel stories, which would be cool to see. Like, imagine Superior Spider-Man animated. Oh, that'd be just, intense. Like, just starting with, like, spoiler alert, the death of Peter Parker, and then going into it. Like, as an animated section, that'd be pretty cool. No, I think it'd be great. And they, But like it is a little bit more... Need... It does seem too adult, and Marvel mm-hmm. seems really hell-bent on making sure that their animated content is for kids. Which is, oh, they did make a Planet Hulk animated film, which I did not know about. When did they make that? Uh, 2010. 2010. So about 12 years ago. Oh, that's I might it. try and watch that and be like, I wonder if it's any good. Make a note of it. We'll watch it and we'll talk about it in another episode. Sounds good to me. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the other thing is, obviously, I'm a huge Batman fan. And Batman definitely got the <laughs> You could say you could make an argument he got the bulk of movies. Yeah, for because animated. they got he's Batman's got some of the best storylines, and he's so edgy like, and his his hand hand to hand combat I'm sure is really cool to animate, and it's cool. It's definitely cool to watch. Why do people like shonen anime? The action's cool, exactly. And Batman, in terms of action, is a lot cool. In my opinion, is a lot cooler than seeing Superman just punch something. Like exactly. Batman may punch, but it's like a lot more finesse. You can do a lot more choreography with it. I agree. I think uh, in the future we should definitely uh, check out like the the Marvel anime movies they've done mm-hmm. just to see how how like how they hold up because there is like a couple Marvel. Anime you watched the, that that Batman the, anime, right? Yeah, the Ninja Batman. Yeah, how was that? I thought it was pretty good. Like it was a nice like. What type of animation was it? Is it uh, like 3D or? No, no, it was like a proper actual like animation. I'll see what I, if I can pull up the company here quick, but I enjoyed it for the sense that it had like good dubbing like it wasn't the best dubbing but i've seen like a lot worse dubbing but the story was nice because it was literally just like a japanese style or japanese inspired batman because we had all like the batman villains but they owned like different parts of the area and it was very much like samurai style oh okay i'm just trying to see the uh the company that did it here why am i i'm only seeing warner brothers japan because apparently they have their own japan 
company. Department, I guess, yeah, I guess. maybe they didn't partner with anyone. Uh, maybe Bar- they just hired some other... Yamato Works, Baronome Studio. Doesn't ring a bell. But anyways, I digress. No, I thought it was actually enjoyable overall. Like, I thought it was, it was something different. Like, A, being an anime that's like a comic book style, but also it was just something nice. It was cool. Also, it was cool to see, like, one of the things we've grown up seeing in that style that we've started the a medium we started yeah exactly. being into a little later well that's what i mean that's why i'd be super intrigued to watch through like the uh the anime of marvel because i think there's an x-men there's an x-men anime for sure because i've seen bits and pieces of it there's well, a blade one. Oh, okay i want to say there's an iron man one but i cannot remember you watched the the star wars yeah, Star Wars Visions. Yeah, Those that's cool. on Disney Plus. Those are great. I'm a big fan of anthology, so it was just like. Up my you can also house. tell that clearly all of, all of the animators that were on the project were, they were hella into Star Wars. Like they were. Yeah. Sh- it was. And they were proper like proper animation companies too. Like oh Rooster- yeah. Yeah, there were some bigger companies. Yeah, some well bigger as, companies. Right? But I, they were definitely um, fans of Star Wars. Yeah. Most like definitely. you could tell, like like there was a lot of passion, and they were very well done. That was cool. That was cool. I wish the uh, I I would love. I'm not, I should, I should say that I'm not, I'm definitely a casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. But I think this would be a good spot for you to even just jump in. But I enjoyed them. I thought, I think the thing, I feel like growing up watching Star Wars, I loved it as a kid, but I feel like that's because, you know, most young boys love the, the laser laser shooting, the ships, the cool Lego that go with the sets and stuff. So growing up, like you, like I feel like Star Wars is easy to love for, you know, I'm gonna say typical young boy that no, is into that yeah. is into violence. <laughs> into violence. <laughs> Want to see those lightsaber fights, Dad? But uh, growing up, uh, it has fallen off a bit for me, and I think the biggest turnoff for me is the, I guess the overdone like um skywalker saga like i like for me i would have loved to see more history based stuff and i know like there's all like you could read but there's nothing stopping me from reading some comics about it or reading books about it i'm not a huge reader of books per se manga yes comic books sure books not so much on the books I would love, like, even animated content like that. Like, I liked the Clone Wars and stuff. Like, I would love to see pat- more past stuff. Seeing things from characters you don't know. Or, I guess you know if you're a Star Wars fan. Cause... Well, even still, like, they are, like, especially with the whole, like, Legends versus canon. I know we were going to probably talk about this in, like, a future episode and everything. But, like, personally, when it comes to Star Wars, like, I am obviously more in it. Yep. Then Connor is obviously because I've seen all the movies, I've seen all the Disney Plus shows with like The Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Matt's read like every book ever. I have not read every book. That's too much content for me. But currently, without going into too much detail, I'm reading something called The High Republic, which is a new project that came out with about a year and a half ago, and it takes like 250 years before the movies. So there's literally like three characters that carry over, and it's literally just like Yoda and two other Jedi Council members. Every other character is brand spanking new. But that would be a cool movie. It's a great movie. Or animated yeah. content. They are coming out with a video game for it. Like, in in that time period. Okay. So, that's some content. Yeah. Of like that, that'd be cool. But no, I am equally burnt out when it comes to the Skywalker saga. It feels overdone now. It does. I agree. Even just all the characters around it. Like, I think I'm going to 
I'm hoping I'll like the Kenobi when it comes out. I think it will. I think that is something that... It has the right levels of nostalgia, but the the right levels of mystery, too, of, like, you don't really know exactly, exactly. what Unless in. you've read some of the comics, you really don't know what Kenobi's been up to sitting on Tatooine for, like... So, I think, I think I'll like it, too. Months. But I do wish for more far oh. past or far future... Yeah. Outside of the Skywalker Saga timeline, essentially. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. It I seems like right now they're just trying to great. fill in the blanks. They're like, here's some shows that happened after The Return of the Jedi, but before Force Awakens, and... Here's some stuff that happened in between Revenge of the Sith, but before New Hope. Like, they're so... It seems like they are just solely focused on those six films. Or, sorry, nine films. But I think that's why Star Wars Vision did so well. Because they were original characters. For most of them. I know, like, Boba Fett was in one episode or so. Yeah. But outside of that, like, it was really, like, here's some other characters. But some of those characters cool. Like, I know we've gotten some Fett family stuff in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Or, or even his own show, the show, right? Yeah. But it is, even like stuff like that, if you're going to do something within the Skywalker timeline, what about like more niche characters? Well, even like the Mandalorian, the reason why it's so well is because here's a character that's taking place inside this entire timeline, but it's something new. Like even Gro- like Baby Yoda, Grogu, the whole thing, like, don't get me wrong, it's part of me thinks it's just kind of a cash grab the child the child baby yoda grogu whatever you want to call them but it's still something new right and i feel like star wars is finally starting to go more that route of like here's something you may not be so it feels like with. it feels like the content that people have been wanting that the movies just didn't do you know 100 percent but yeah, like Matt said, we'll, we'll definitely cover Star Wars. Star Wars a, a whole other episode. We, we'll, we'll probably bring on a friend for it that's a little bit more into it with Matt. We'll jump right into the trenches with them. But um, It's going to be a fun to, one. To, to bring it more into the outside MCU content, um, I know Matt is a pretty big fan of a lot of the CW shows. Yeah, so like definitely like with the whole Arrowverse, which is pretty much done. Let's be To be fair, here. I loved the CW before it was before it was really like Smallville loved Smallville but maybe the ending was a bit a little bit but uh, but the majority of but that was good though it was a live action show 10 seasons it was great Tom entertaining Michael Rasbaum phenomenal I, I I really enjoyed Smallville Arrow honestly I remember seeing like um clips on TV of Arrow and had no idea it was even a superhero like uh, cause it was so like dark and I didn't clue in that Arrow was Green Arrow and then when I finally did end up watching the show it was awesome yeah, it was like first like to be three fair, seasons were super strong way too hardcore on the Batman oh on like Rachel Ghoul <laughs> as the villain on pushing like making the Green Arrow like the t- TV version Batman. of Batman yeah it, that felt a little bit out of character, but I still enjoyed the show yeah. up until certain points where it did fall off. It did me. fall off a bit, and then I watched all of Arrow start to finish. It fell off for a couple seasons, that's for sure, but season seven brought it right back. And then with season eight, like it just it finished it up really nice. And honestly, the end of season eight for Arrow really felt like the ending of the CW Arrowverse because there's... You have to keep in mind, Arrow was like the beginning of it, right? And, then and Stephen Amell was... Stephen Amell, freaking. He was great. Oof. I met him at a fan expo. I did not, but... <laughs> he's great. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a super nice guy. 
But yeah, no, like Arrow came first, and then we had Flash, and then Supergirl was separate, and then it got brought in. We had Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. There's now a Superman and Lois show. Did they do the uh, animated? There's a couple animated movies as well, and a web series and yeah. stuff too that a couple of the actors did. Um, there's a lot of content, and even still, like technically, like the Titan show and Doom Patrol. You and can Stomp make an <laughs> you can make an argument that they had all of that, and they didn't bother to use any of them in the movies. Exactly. Even is though Ezra fa- Miller is, showed up once. Is that a fail on I don't think so. On I Warner think, Brothers? I think it was nice because it was a separate entity. And I think that they were kind of worried that if they were going to bring it in, it was all just going to crash. Because if you're... It's, t- it's different budgeting too, right? Oh, for if sure. If you were to get I'm Grant just, Gustin to do both, then it's like... I'm just wondering, like, would you have thought of, like... For example, like, think of the popularity that Stephen Amell had in his fan base at the, top, at the peak mm-hmm. of Arrow... And you're looking at them, they're starting, like, with the Superman movie and stuff. Could they have, could that have helped springboard it more? I don't think so, to be honest, because there's people that religiously watch TV shows in the sense that, like, this show's on every Tuesday at 9 p.m., right? And that's, like, a... That's their escape, or that's what they like, right? But when, it's almost like... You're taking it away from them. Yeah, and it's almost even comparison to, like, certain comic book stories that you're like, you love Green Arrow so much... But now you also need to understand what happened in this storyline in this book over here. Now you can go back to your story yeah, that I you're watching. You're but if you don't want, don't read this part, you're gonna get confused. You're gonna miss stuff, yeah. Yeah. So I think leaving the Arrowverse and the CWverse as a TV entity, I think, was smart on their part because I feel like their ratings would have went down almost. And it was like, working exactly. And I think even people were having issues near the end where they were having like these five episode crossovers where you need to watch all these different shows. And I think that's kind of personally where their ratings kind of went down. Because no one... My dad was watching The Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, but he was he yeah. wasn't an Arrow watcher. Yes. And, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, he definitely... He would have to... He would, like, record Arrow... Well, he recorded, like, Flash and, um, and The Legends, because those are the two shows he was watching. Yeah. But during those crossovers... He'd have to watch... You'd have to watch three other shows. All of a sudden, he would have to it. find, yeah. like, where the other shows are and figure it out. And, yeah, that definitely probably... He's definitely not the only one. Because I feel like some of those shows, they... Um, they were connected, but also weren't really but they connected. Were, some of them were better for non... Not as big hero fans. I don't yeah, know like, I think Supergirl like, did really well as its own thing. With the Super, occasional like, crossover. Because, like, Flash and, and the Arrow felt super... Super like hardcore. They were literally like cities next to each other. Yeah, and they're like hardcore into the superhero. Legends of Tomorrow felt it was like superhero, but like with a twist. It was like a campy almost because they're like we're just gonna go do our own thing. Yeah, and, and it was just kind of like do our own while, thing but... or whatever. And yeah. I think that that's why like someone more casual like my dad was enjoying it, where it wasn't as like. No, you had a bunch of like B list characters. Just the war of Flash together. was not super important, but. It helped if you knew stuff yeah, about if you the knew Flash. Captain Cold and, like, Heatwave War and, like, why they were part of this team. Like, why... They seem like villains, but why are they on this hero team kind of thing, right? Yeah, if you don't know it, you don't care. Exactly. But I think, finally, like, with, obviously, the CWers kind of coming to an end, I think Flash and the newer show Superman and Lois are the only ones that are getting another season. I think they finally learned their lesson, because even at the beginning of Flash, there was a five-episode crossover, but it was only in the Flash. Smart. So the first That's five a good episodes, way of doing it. The first five episodes of Flash, you had people coming from the different shows, peering up in each episode, kind of thing like that. To build were, that. To build the yeah. big five episode storyline. It made sense to me. Like, it was better writing, too. And, like, it actually, like, 
Because Flash, for me, seasons, like, five and six and seven, not good. Like, it was okay, but it wasn't, like, great. I was really trying to push through it, but, like, the way they started season eight, five-episode crossover, it just pushed me right in. And, like, for those people who watched, like, the first couple seasons that haven't went back, like, they brought back Robbie Amell for this season, who hasn't been seen since, like, season two. Fan favorite. Fan favorite, Robbie Mel, cousin to good old Stephen Amell. <laughs> in Life with Derek. And Life with Derek, can't forget about that. And the uh, the Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, yeah, Scooby-Doo Can't remember Scooby-Doo those movies. young, uh, the prequel movies, you know? I think, it's, it, part of me is, like, happy that the CW-verse is almost done. Like, part of me is definitely going to miss it. It's like an end of an era. It's end of an era, mm-hmm. so I'm really curious what DC is going to try and do next. Because their CW-verse, hopefully make something good. But, like, their CW-verse is ending... The DC Extended Universe is just... Did it even begin is the better question. But it's, it's oh, it done. Began. It began and it <laughs> failed. But like the only thing that I know DC's really got going for them right now is like the animated Harley Quinn show. Which I don't know if you've seen it, but it is amazing. I'll have to watch it. Like I have it on... Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, it's freaking great. It's literally like that Deadpool style humor. All the voice acting is great. And it's just in, like an R-rated style comedic thing. There's a great scene in season one with the Joker just yelling about not getting an electric car and stuff. It's so funny. But it anyways. Does, it does feel like DC peaked a, like, a little bit. Hopefully, obviously, they, they find something in terms of movies or whatever. TV shows something. To, to, to get back up there. But I feel like, you know, 10 year, 10-ish years ago, you can almost make the argument that they really they really peaked with like... Arrow, Flash, start when Flash was just starting up. Man of up. Steel, even. Man of Steel was... The Arkham games. The Arkham games as well. Like, man. everything was like... It was like, they could do no wrong. Exactly. Animated movies. All, all the stuff well, was like... that Gotham Knights thing com- coming out soon. I know people are crazy for that. I don't know too much about that project. Oh, yeah. It's like, isn't that a fighter game or something? No, I think it's a... Well, no, that's a... There's a show. Oh, there's a show coming out. Yeah. They do have a game coming out, too. But no, Gotham Knights is a new CW show. Oh boy. But there is also the Gotham Knights like open world RPG video game kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I saw did, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is also coming out. Is that tied into like the same idea? I don't think no? so, no. Okay. So the the game itself is coming out in October and you're looking at like the Bat family outside of Batman because the premise is that Batman's dead. It's gone, yeah. And the rest of the Bat family are trying to figure out, and it has something to do with, like, the Court of Owls. Meanwhile, the show looks like it's also similar in the sense that you have, like, your... Your, like, ensemble Bat family trying to figure out what happened to Batman. So, yeah, so Batman's... They're definitely, definitely similar. <laughs> yeah, definitely similar. The more I'm reading about this, I'm like, <laughs> yes. But the, the characters are different. So it looks like in the show, we're getting, like, Carrie Kelly, Harper Rowe... Um, Stephanie Brown. So it seems like a lot Ooh, of like some of the more basically the characters that didn't make it into the game are being the cast for the show. Almost okay. So the game got like what you would consider like the, the Robin, the, the Bat regular Bat family, and Red Hood. We're getting like the extended Bat family for the show. <laughs> Pretty much, that's literally what it seems to be like. That's interesting. I mean, I'm curious. Can give spotlight to some other characters that aren't as popular. Yeah, I guess Harvey Dent is going to be in it, played by Misha Collins from Supernatural. So, okay. 
I'm intrigued. It should be interesting. Did you watch the Teen Titans show? Oh, like the animated one? Or are you talking about Titans? I'm talking about Titans. Okay, so I made it to episode four, I think, when Hawk and Dove got introduced. Isn't it still going on, though? It's like, still going on. Yeah, it I must think be it's on, good like, enough. season four, I think, now. I'll be honest. I'm a massive Nightwing fan, and I was too scared to watch it. It, ah, man. It's Okay, so apparently it's got 37 episodes. But I just, I couldn't get into it. I don't know. Like, I know what happens at the end of season one where they, like, killed Batman. It, I just couldn't do it. Like, you can't have, like, super young Dick just becoming Nightwing and then Batman just dying. Like, I don't know if Batman's alive again or, like, what's going on. Like, maybe we should try and watch it one day. Yeah, we should watch it. We should watch, We should catch up on it, and then we can talk about it on end. Yeah, like, going through the characters, like, Jonathan Crane shows up at some point, Barbara Gordon's in it. So, I don't Reminds know. Reminds me of um, uh, when Gotham first came out. I remember the first two seasons of Gotham. I felt so into it. I couldn't get into Gotham either. You couldn't get into it? I got it, like, I think, like, halfway through the first season, and then I just I thought it was... fell off unique the way they were trying to tell a story mm-hmm. uh, not centered up around batman but about batman in a way you and know and then it got like by the end of it got way too then like, it was too batman then it was too batman like i'm pretty sure they gave him the cape and cowl it was way less way less gordon way too much batman but the exactly. first like definitely the first season i felt like it was really cool to kind of see like penguin rising up to become because he was like a nobody and then he's rising up. So it was cool to see Batman villains. The only thing I disliked about early Gotham was some of the villains felt too... Inter- Forced, their introductions were too almost. early. Yeah. Like Riddler was... You could make an argument maybe he was introduced a little too early of an age yeah. in terms of like Bruce is like, what, 12? 12 at the time and Riddler's just a thing now and you're already you're like, well, Like no. I guess you can make an argument Riddler could be older, like... Yeah. But, like, some of the villains they started introducing, you're just kind of like, so what? You're telling me that a 20-year-old Batman's fighting, like, a 50-year-old Riddler or whatever? Yeah, it just doesn't add up, you know? We'll also have to watch the Pennyworth show. They did an an Alfred TV show. It's got two seasons already, apparently. I don't really know too much about it. I don't know if it's, like, a... What does this stuff happen? Does this happen in the COVID void or something? Yeah. Well, no, kind of. Well, this started in 2019. But so it's just pre-COVID void. Just before COVID. I think it got it looks like it got canceled and then HBO Max just picked it up because I've HBO noticed this Max is happening is like a lot a, with uh, yeah. some of these failed shows. Cause did just it, for DC. Didn't Titans fail, technically? I and think they got HBO picked up. Max picked it up as well. So maybe I don't know, maybe that just says something about like the yeah. fans. Season one it. to two was a DC universe, which was a weird description video on demand thing they had for a couple of years for all mm, DC properties. But I think HBO just bought it. Okay. Or like it got just got cancelled because no one was subscribing. Yeah. Yeah. In June twenty twenty, Warner Media Media began to phase out DC Universe in honor of its new flagship streaming service, HBO Max. So I personally don't have HBO Max. I also don't fully think it's available in Canada. I think we have to get Crave and it's like partnered with it. I think you're right, yes. But I don't know how much DC content is on HBO Max or Crave. We'll, so. l- we'll look into it off off the podcast and see. We'll probably... I would say maybe not in the next couple episodes, but I feel like maybe we will definitely do... Maybe look up look at Titans. Look yeah. At... Look up some other DC properties that we're not too familiar with. Kind of give us our own like mini review and kind of go from yeah, there. Yeah, we can talk about it for an episode if that is interesting to you guys. 
obviously let us know, you know, as always, you know, always give us a review. Let us know what you think, you know, and we'll, we want to hear from you guys to see what you guys want us to talk about and ramble on about in the future, right? And always remember to always check us out on social medias. We got the Instagram, we got the Twitter, we got the YouTube. And you can catch us right here on Spotify for new episodes and any new content. And we will talk to you guys soon. And remember, I'm Matt. And I'm Connor. Have a good day, guys.